This is the Oanda Podcast. Brought to you by Jazz FM's Business Breakfast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast with me, Johnny Hart. Each week we review and preview all the big business and market stories from across the globe with Craig Earlham from London and Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon, chaps. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, let's start with U.S. markets today, Ed, and they have bounced back a tad after yesterday's huge losses. Would you say that investors are what you would call buying the dip? Very much so. I think right now you have many investors that still believe the worst of the virus is behind us. And uh, right now, I think you're still seeing a lot of that money that's been on the sidelines is starting to find an opportunity to get back in. But I think right now, when you consider why did we sell off, I think uh, a lot of those risks are still lingering. So um, I think uh, there's a lot of um, skepticism that this rally is going or rebound is going to be uh, persistent in the, in the coming days. And in case anybody missed why there were such big losses on Thursday. That was because of these worrying coronavirus figures coming out of a number of U.S. states, correct? Very much so. I think um, we have new COVID hotspots, and this is something that was expected, but we're getting a lot. Uh, Riverside, California, Phoenix, Arizona, Dallas, Texas, Charlotte, Tampa Bay, Florida. It's really hitting. It's spreading across America, and there's many states that were not hard hit early in the virus, but now they're seeing outbreaks. So you're starting to see that uh, many investors are a little bit concerned that this is going to derail a lot of that economic activity uh, that was supposed to be um, picking up in, in, in these weeks because of the, the reopening phases that most of the states are going through. And what did Fed Chief uh, Jay Powell have to say about all this? He had one great quote, and uh, it was that we're not thinking about raising rates. We're not even thinking about thinking about raising rates. His uh, gloom assessment of the economy, I think, really surprised uh, a a lot of traders. And it pretty much signaled that, you know, rates are not going to be hiked anytime soon. They're going to be near zero through 2022. And uh, they uh, pretty much affirmed uh, their uh, bond buying purchases at the current levels. And and, and, uh, I think there's a lot of risks that the Fed is concerned about, and this is really something that uh, if you have such a, a gloom assessment of, of, of the economy, I think that uh, uh, much of the uh, economic recovery in the third quarter is going to be vulnerable. And, and I think that, uh, you know, right now economists are really divided. You're still seeing, uh, I think, the, the general consensus be that you're going to have a terrible contraction in, in the second quarter, possibly 35%. Uh, and then expectations are that, you know, we might see a, some as aggressive as a 20% rebound in the third quarter, then maybe 9% uh, in, in the fourth. Uh, but but there's if we do get that second wave in the fall, I think there's going to be expectations that uh, you're, you're going to have um, large parts of the economy not really bounce back as strong. And, and if that's the case, uh, it's I, I think that uh, many people will be a little bit more concerned with earnings valuations going forward. And uh, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, the stimulus trade has really propped up markets, but uh, there's only so much that that can do. And I think right now uh, we're getting close to the tail end of announcements of the the stimulus measures that are going to be coming so right now uh, markets seem like they can uh, uh, start to settle on some ranges I think in the coming months and many had predicted that a correction was on the way in fact I think you may have on uh, live television uh, a few days ago is that correct (laughs) 
Well, I think um, I've been uh, pretty... uh on top of just how sentiment has been uh, trailing these uh, incremental updates with the virus and uh, how as far as uh, hedge funds have pretty much abandoned uh, their bearish bets. And uh, I think when you when you start to see uh, over positioning, uh, um, oftentimes you'll see uh, significant moves in the markets that, uh, you know, they, they might, you know, say the Fed is the reason why everything got kicked off. But I think when you have uh, excessive positioning, when you have re- retail trading be right on a big call, you know, a lot of times that there'll come a moment where you're going to see things come uh, crumbling down. So I, I think that right now the expectations are still pretty high that uh, you're, you know, longer term, you're going to see higher U.S. equities. I think that the uh, hope is pretty uh, sky high as far as uh, on the vaccine side that I think many investors are optimistic that uh, progress finding a vaccine treatment are, are going to be uh, pretty much wrapped up this summer. I think right now there's there's high hopes that uh, we're going to have these phase three vaccine trials. Uh, July is Moderna, then we have AstraZeneca in August and J&J in September. And uh, the, the health experts, this is the most optimistic we've ever seen them as far as uh, tackling a vaccine. But uh, I mean, there's over 100 vaccines being tested. There's, uh, you know, everyone is throwing everything to bring this forward and uh, I, I think that right now the um, expectations are still that you know you're you're going to have uh, a staggered recovery the economy is going to be much stronger in the second half of the year but right now you're you've had a, a big move higher uh, and uh, right now I think there's uh, still uh, room for downside here. But I'm pleased to hear that there is some optimism around regarding the uh, vaccine, and we shall see. Uh, Craig, let me turn to you. As we were saying, US markets have recovered some, at least, of Thursday's huge losses. But as far as UK markets are concerned, they're fairly flat after losing 4% uh, yesterday. And uh, we had some comments from the Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey, who said he's uh, ready to take action to help the UK economy weather the coronavirus uh, crisis. And of course, uh, we had a big number out today for GDP. But firstly, just wanted your opinion about why we haven't bounced back even a little of those big losses from yesterday. I mean, we've got to remember that we didn't fall quite as far as the US did. A lot of the selling came later on in the session, or at least a certain proportion of it came later in the session after the UK had closed. So there was kind of less to make up, really. Uh, and it, it is quite staggering you look at these markets and they, they are remarkable we, we're looking at a, a sell-off in the US which is still one of the biggest sell-offs historically that we've ever seen uh, and yet it's not even in the top three in terms of the biggest sell-offs this year so it shows what kind of a year we're having and how almost desensitised people have come uh, when it comes to these kind of market movements uh, but yeah we're seeing a bit of a, a rebound today and again I think what's really interesting is the kind of reaction that we saw to the GDP data this morning uh, the fact that we can see a 20.4% contraction for the month of April, so not even the full quarter, just for that first month of the quarter. The pound in the aftermath of that didn't sell off really at all, and it actually rebounded and was trading up on the day. We can see the FTSE making pretty decent gains as well. I think desensitization is something that's become very clear in these markets over the last few months, and in many ways, something that I'd alluded to earlier, being the kind of stimulus trade seems to have really driven things to an extraordinary extent so far and as you said it's it's almost a question of just how far this can really take us when data is telling us that the situation's pretty dire we may have to wait a few months to find out permanent eyes i think that's the only thing that's really holding it back the only thing that's really holding back the the full force of the data is that whether you're looking at the unemployment data whether you're looking at the gdp data 
you don't know how permanent it is. You don't know what the situation is going to look like in a few months. Well, the furlough scheme is going to start, slowly start to lift. And we are already hearing of companies making layoffs uh, in various sectors, the obvious ones, but also not the less so obvious ones. So we're now going to get to grips with what the full force of this pandemic has been in terms of the economic consequences and how permanent it's going to be and how hard the recovery is going to be. At that point, the data may start to have more of an effect. But you look at the numbers today and they've just been brushed aside. A 20% contraction has just been brushed aside. But then you look at the the forecasts and they were ranging anything from, I think, around 30% down to around 8% contraction. When you look at such a wide range, then perhaps it's not entirely surprising. And those comments from Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey uh, about taking action to help the UK economy, what is he being specific about? Well, I think the only thing that's really left in their toolbox primarily or the one they'd prefer to use. So there's been a lot of speculation about the prospect for negative rates. I don't think anyone should get their hopes up too much. If we do see negative rates in the UK, and I still don't think we will, and I don't see the benefit of it, I think it would be extremely mild. The Bank of Japan toyed with negative interest rates years ago at this point, and they're still at minus 0.1% and haven't dared to venture further. So if we saw something in the UK, I could see something similar. And again, they may be looking at the Bank of Japan experience and saying, well, what was the point in that? What was the benefit? Did it actually yield anything? Or do we persist with the quantitative easing program? And I think that's what we're expecting next week. I think the market consensus view is for around 100 billion of extra quantitative easing, uh, very much pandemic targeted quantitative easing. But I think, uh, but then over the last few weeks, there's been a lot more speculation around up to 200 billion. Now, this would effectively cover just over, just more than cover the extra borrowing that the UK government is being forced to do. So a lot of what we're seeing from these central banks around the world now is effectively just soaking up the extra liquidity that's now in the market and stopping interest rates from rising, which is doing a job in itself. Because if interest rates rise, you still have the same ne- negative knock-on effects. So I think next week we are going to see more QE uh, from the Bank of England. It's just a question of how much. And if it's 100 billion now, then, I then the meeting after you may see another 100 billion again. I don't, I don't think they're going to stop at 100. So, but they may just do 200 now and then just hold off for a few months and then see how that starts to settle in and work, what kind of a market we're looking at in a few months' time. And plus, they want to save some, uh, some of the artillery as well because we're now, as far as Brexit's head is going, we're now looking at a potential no-deal Brexit because we're six months from leaving and uh, leaving the transition period. We're no closer to a deal and uh, the, the the UK government is not changing its stance. It's still saying we're not extending. If they offer an extension, we'll say no and we're certainly not requesting one. So uh, whether that's just all fighting talk or whether they're serious, we're not sure. But the Bank of England must be eyeing that and saying, this is the last thing we need uh, and therefore we need to be able to respond if that does happen and I'm sure British business is probably equally afraid of the potential that you could be following utterly horrendous pandemic uh, with uh, a no-deal Brexit. And talking of British business, we've got a big day on Monday really, haven't we, in this country because uh, non-essential retail the shops are going to be open from Monday and that's going to be very, very interesting. It's a big day for the bricks and mortar companies that have been waiting nearly three months to reopen. That could be quite a psychological boost, couldn't it, if things go OK? It could be. Uh, I think it's going to be really important for many of these businesses. It's going to be really important for the Treasury as well because people returning to work means less people furloughed and means that the bill is hopefully uh, not going to grow at the same kind of rate. So obviously it's good from that perspective as well. But many of these businesses, the furlough scheme is only tying them over. It's only And it can only tie them over for so long. So they do need ultimately the doors to be able to open and people to go into the shops. You have to adhere to social distancing rules, but I don't think that's going to be difficult because I think many of these stores 
uh, people are still going to be very reluctant to go to for the first three to six months, maybe even a little bit longer. Then obviously there's the stores which which boom because they're near offices which aren't going to be full, so they may continue to struggle. So there's going to be, I think there's going to be huge changes uh, on that front if these businesses can survive, and I think many of them will struggle uh, to do so. But I think it's a, a real momentous point because this is the non-essential, as you've already alluded to. This is a sign that the real uh, full economy is now starting to get back to the new normal, a phrase that uh, I'm sure everyone hates by this point, but that is ultimately what we're talking about here. And I think everyone at this point is just dying the 4th of July. That's a big day in the US normally, but if I'm not mistaken, that in the UK is the day that the pubs reopen and everyone that I speak to, that's the day they're most looking forward to. Yes, and so say all of us on that one. Ed, what are you looking forward to next week? Um, I think it's going to be quite a significant week in the UK, but what about over where you are in the US? Next week, I'm going to have my eyes on the Bank of Japan rate decision. I think right now everyone is expecting uh, we're going to have uh, more uh, stimulus measures announced. I think everyone is uh, pretty much um, anticipating that we're going to have a lot more stimulus get pumped into the the global economy. They're going to expand their lending program, which I think will help support their corporate financing. As Craig mentioned, we also have the BOE. They're going to increase their uh, bond buying asset purchase program by $100 is the general consensus. Uh, you have Russia that is going to uh, announce much more aggressive rate cuts. And uh, you also have Brazil, who's going to have uh, possibly their eighth straight uh, rate cut. And uh, there's also going to be a couple of rate decisions that no changes are expected from uh, the SNB and Norges Bank. But I think you're going to still see them reiterate that they're ready to continue to act and that they're going to um, be um, ready to defend excessive currency moves. So I, I think you're going to continue to see uh, many investors uh, be focused on central bank policies. Um, with the U.S., it's obviously going to be all about the COVID hotspots. Uh, uh, you know, we, we did see the uh, protests put a strain on social distancing measures. So everyone is looking at these uh, major uh, cities to see, are they going to continue to see trajectory of new cases head in the right direction, or are we going to see spikes? Uh, and uh, if, if that continues to happen, you know, that will, uh, I think, really derail a lot of the reopening momentum that has uh, taken place over the past couple of weeks. Uh, and and uh, with the U.S., I think everyone's going to be focused on uh, the main data point is going to be, I think, retail sales. We had back consecutive uh, record low uh, readings for retail sales. I think right now everyone is expecting this is going to be a big rebound. We're going to see um, hopefully uh, the reopenings um, provide a little boost in uh, U.S. consumer spending here. So I think everyone's going to hope for uh, a little bit of a um, rebound there. And uh, that's kind of what I have on, uh, on my radar for next week. And over to you, Craig, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, obviously that was quite thorough. So I think he's covered everything. I think the central bank thing is going to be huge. Uh, as he's just alluded to, there's a number of different central banks which are announcing next week uh, from around the globe. Uh, obviously, the ongoing coronavirus situation, which again, Ed has touched on uh, very thoroughly. And then I think obviously finally is going to be the Brexit negotiations, which I was alluding to earlier. Uh, it's believed that Boris Johnson and Ursula von der Leyen, the European Commission president, are going to have high-level talks at the start of next week, maybe as early as Monday, with the hope that they can progress these talks to the next level and we can stop talking about no-deal Brexit at the end of this year. We're not going to stop talking about no-deal Brexit. We all know how these things go at this point. Deals are struck at the end of the uh, at the end of the timeline, and that's not June as was first hoped. It's not going to be September as is now hoped. It's probably going to be November, December. So uh, we may see some form of progress 
in these talks next week. But I think they're going to intensify from July onwards when I believe there's going to be weekly uh, discussions at a high level. So that's the only other thing that's really on my radar. It's easy to forget Brexit at this point because once upon a time that seemed a massive deal and now it's just the thing that makes the actual massive deal all the more bad if it goes terribly wrong. Yeah, I think that's the only other thing that's really on the radar next week, assuming it even hits the radar because it's very possible that given everything that's happening right now, it kind of passes without notice. But yeah, that's the only other thing that I'm really paying attention to right now. And obviously, as far as the pound's concerned, if these talks do go terribly and it looks as though no deal Brexit is becoming a much higher risk, then I think the pound could get hit quite hard because... Uh, the pound was hit hard by Brexit. The fact that dealing with this pandemic and Brexit at a time when the government's being forced to raise money at a rate of knots, when debt to GDP is approaching 100% and when you run a current account deficit as large as the UK, that'd be a massive test for this country. That's something that we should probably, we're going to be monitoring very closely, not just next week, but over the next uh, six months. But I think next week is kind of feels like the negotiations are stepping up a notch uh, and I think that's going to be really interesting to see how that pans out. Okay, I hope you both have a very good weekend and we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Jane. From the team behind Jazz FM's Business Breakfast, a daily early morning 30-minute briefing for the day ahead. On air from 6am. Listen to Jazz FM on DAB, online or just ask Alexa.